Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself, Pete, here. And with us today, we got ourselves, of course, Monsignor Dixon. And if you heard some laughing in the background, it's probably because we got Maniacal Cackle on with us. How are you gentlemen doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Right. Excited to be here. Cackle is the man, the myth, the legend, who is one of the champions. <laughs> champions. Man, I tell you, Maniacal, you uh, you play some tight vassal games. I saw a couple of your championship games. I'm just like, man, you just you're playing this tight to the chest and just grinding out those points. Yeah, and that's one of the things I really like about uh, Rezzers and the toolkits that we'll be going over today is that they just provide a lot of tools to play really precise, tight gameplay where like it leaves your opponent with very little response sometimes. Yeah, and it's really just kind of providing bad options for your opponent to be like, you can decide to come into this, or you can decide to try and go get that point, but there's a hard counter coming with some of these nasty Rezzer picks that we have. Yeah, exactly. And Dixon, you're having flashbacks over there. I, we were talking last episode about Maniacal just beating the crap out of you with Molly. Yeah, I played him. Uh, well, I played him a couple of times in like just for funsies. Uh, I think you were the one that played me with McMorning too, right? When I was playing Colette. Yeah, yeah. You were one of the players. I, you were the one that won. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I have, I, I have played against multiple like different versions of, of McMorning one or two. And I was like completely confident. I was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. And then Cackle, I think it was like turn two. I lost like four pieces. And I was like, I concede. This is. <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> holy crap, what happened? Except for I did a good job holding off Archie, and that's it. That's literally only model that I held off. Yeah, and I, I think that it, this is going to be an interesting episode because we are going to talk about the tech picks that you can do with Rezzers. This is going to be kind of similar to. If you've been listening to Malifaux content for a while, uh, Schemes and Stones used to have a tax episode that they did. And what they did is they kind of went through tech picks that you might take out a keyword and they would do that for each faction. We're, we're not going to do it like they did it, but it's a very similar idea of let's look at some good tech picks, when you would want to bring them, what they're good for doing. And then even some of those more corner case scenarios where it's like, okay, these are like good in specific situations that you might want to consider them. So that's going to be kind of our our episode that we're going to do today. And I, I mean, I didn't think anybody would be better at it than, you know, Cackle, because you seem to be hanging around Rezzers for a very, very long time. <laughs> yeah, since the start of, before the start of the edition, because I was in the, uh, the open play test. Nice. Um, but before we get into that, make sure that you guys are checking us out. You can do that on our Discord channel. We always have people from all around the world talking at random parts of the day about Malifaux. Uh, you can find the invite. I've started putting that in our uh, description notes, so you can check that out. Also, be sure to check us out on 
uh, YouTube. We've been putting out video content reacting to different battle reports. I'm starting to put up um, how to unpack some crews. And obviously, it's not always optimal, but it gives, specifically if you're new to the keyword or to the game, it gives you an idea on how you might want to unpack your crew or some lines of play. And then, of course, if you want to support us directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash ragequitwire, where you can support us for as little as a dollar. And then if you want to buy stuff directly from Weird, we do have an affiliation link you can use to when you buy your stuff. And that is give us your money, please. Thank you dash weird.com slash ragequitwire. And it gives a little bit back to the podcast so we can get miniatures to test out and then give you guys more content. So anything is appreciated that you do to help us uh, keep the lights on. So getting into this, uh, this pick here, these picks of keywords, or not keywords, but uh, tech picks, uh, versatiles, out of keyword. Uh, so I know that some people love being in keyword and there's a lot of, you know, synergy to that. But Cackle, when, when would you say you specifically reach for out of keyword or versatile models? And how many do you like bringing in a game on average? For me, it just comes down to I bring whatever I feel is the strongest for the matchup and for the master, and that varies greatly, but I tend to play the masters that are really flexible, and uh, like a card draw masters tend to be really good at supporting any model, and so I'll usually find that if a master draws cards, they're more likely to support a wide stable of possible hires, whereas some masters, like say Tara, has extreme uh, keyword synergy. So you're going to be leaning really hard into that. Yeah. I found keywords that draw and filter cards. I found myself also being attracted to those types of keywords as well. Uh, I would say, obviously we are talking about resers. So I think Molly's kind of one that does that very well. I think Transmortis does that very well, but Transmortis has to be more in keyword, I think, to get a lot of it. Um, so, I mean, are those the type of masters you're talking about where you just kind of filter your hand and kind of look at cards and yeah, and Dr. McMorning as well with his uh, uh, his ability to draw cards off of marker removal. His reuse, reuse, recycle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was surprised how much how many cards he drew. I was I was honestly because it's not just your markers. If you have somebody else, even your opponent, you know, manipulating markers, you benefit from that as well. Yeah, exactly. And the, that's and worst case scenario, like one of your free stone models can do an interact to put down a ski marker and interact to remove a ski marker. And even yep. that can be a card if you need. Yeah. And, and it, it's just those types of masters are very interesting. That's why I've always been drawn to like Maw Tucket. Zip's always been interesting. Uh, even Sandeep with Kendara looking at cards. That's always pretty decent. Uh, but you're right. There are masters, I think, that flex more into keywords or out of keyword and versatile models. And even if you do like playing entirely in keyword, there are some matchups where you do need to go either out of keyword or you do need to uh, pick a versatile to kind of fix those problems that you have in that matchup. Yeah, and I think, for example, McMorning is really a good example of that. Most of the time, I'm really happy with his poison synergies. Most of the models I'm hiring are keyword models. But sometimes I'll look at a matchup and say, my keyword build loses, so I'm going to text some really weird stuff so that uh, my opponent is going to struggle to answer my list. Personally, I'm a huge, huge, huge hater of Anna Lovelace because I've seen that more, than, more often than not. I just, I hate... She comes into the table, and then all of a sudden, it's like, well, my plan has completely gone off the rails. Yeah, and I think that 
to to kind of the point of looking at also these picks in gaining grounds for you know the perspective of this new packet i think that there are some masters and i was talking to dixon and actually a local about this they're they're liking playing lady j like death touched and I think that you could play Lady J Death Touched in this gaining grounds, but you would have to lean out of keyword and versatile to do some of the scheming and other stuff that you you just can't do with her keyword because that's not what she likes to do. So you have yeah. to go out of keyword to do it. Well, I mean, naturally, she has huge synergies with uh, the Rocketeers. Yeah. So that's, that's a plus. Uh, yep. But uh, that being said, they also happen to answer half of McMorning which is he makes a whole bunch of bodies and then you can just remove most of them and he gets one or draws a card, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, he can either place it or draw a card. And I, I will say that when you go out of keyword or versatile, some keywords like different models better. And obviously that depends on which crew you're picking. And then there's just general models that you bring because generally they're good at whatever you're bringing them for. So... If Cackle has a good enough time, Dixon, I'm going to invite him back on to talk about Molly and McMorning. Oh, so try not to piss him off while we're discussing this Rezzer stuff, okay? I think he's going to get enjoyment out of me being upset. I don't get why is it that, you know. Be on your best behavior. No, I refuse. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, so, yeah, we kind of got this broken down into two I guess you could call them tiers. We have kind of high priority and low priority. So since you kind of broke down this list, uh, Cackle, why don't you tell us what you mean by high priority versus low priority tech picks? So for me, the high priority stuff is like, if I'm going into a tournament in another city, I'm thinking, what is the stuff that's really high likelihood that I'm going to be using it in games? Not, you know, that one out of 60 matchup sort of thing but what's the stuff i'm going to be using a lot then the low priority stuff is generally just as strong in the right circumstance but those circumstances are a little bit rare okay like so, i'm assuming for example because i saw in the list anna lovelace so yeah she's high priority in tanks so is it, is it correct to assume it's because of the anti-place and, and, in some cases, the hostile work environment? Yeah, and that, so with Anna Lovelace, um, I guess I'll just briefly talk about the tanks in general as well. So Anna Lovelace does a few things. First off, she's just, she's just an area control model. She'll stand in one place, uh, and that area is so much control, because hostile work environment is stopping... Uh, your opponents from targeting their uh, their models, and that's going to stop things like rescue mechanics. It stops things like heals. So once a model is near Anna Lovelace, you can generally guarantee that it's going to die if you put enough resources into it. So she does a really good job of that. Um, and so she just does some area control. That was really relevant in Gaining Grounds 3. Um, one danger to be aware of with Anna Lovelace and uh, for those listening to this episode for counters, uh, with Anna Lovelace, the way to enter is either you can run around her bubble or you can use a displacement method like uh, Winston has the dirigible ride. My opponent last time <laughs> I played Anna Lovelace just was like, well, I'm going to keep throwing her backwards every time. She, she can go on a balloon board. ride. Get rid of her. <laughs> yeah. So to deal with Anna Lovelace, you don't kill her. You throw her into terrain or you throw her out of the fight. Yeah, and in this tanks category, you have the Valedictorian, Anna, and you have the Hang. So these seem like models that they're just going to hang around in a spot. They're going to fight. They have some tech. And 
for I don't know about you guys, but for me, the tanks in GG4, I think they probably have a better spot in maybe Cloak and Dagger and Raid the Vaults. I, those are the two that I feel like these are probably where you're sitting and, and not being as mobile. Yeah, and that's one of the things about these tanks um, is that, and say, Raid the Vaults, where you just need one piece standing next to a marker on the back line, potentially. These models survive to the end of the game, usually. Yep. Uh, Valedictorian sometimes doesn't survive, but the reason for that is she does so much damage while she's up that your opponent just has to commit a million resources to taking her down. And that happened in one of my recent games where I brought Valedictorian and I was beating the opponent to death. And so he beat her down to two life, and then I used Sloth to heal her back up to five, and then he kept beating her down, and she died eventually. But by the time he, she was dead, his, like half his team was dead. So um, she's just really good at holding that aggro. And so and it's, sh- it's shocking why, because like, she's defense five, willpower six, so her stats are not great. But she has the dumb combination of armor one and harder wound. And when you're attacking her, same as Anna Loveless, she's drawing cards when the suits match, which is just <laughs> yep, real yep. annoying. Yep, transmortis shenanigans. So for me, the differences between these models is Valedictorian. Uh, I'm using if I want a bit of area control, uh, like, say, on Wedge, where there's going to be a center brawl. Um, but I want to control models by killing them. And Anna Loveless, I'm bringing when uh, it's that hostile work environment and Gravity Well just does so much to shut down a crew. If like they have a lot of friendly targeting and stuff, I'm bringing them. Hanged, I'm leaning towards them if I know that the opponent is really vulnerable to uh, Terrifying 13, because I put a Grave Spirit's touch on them. And yep. so there's just some matchups where you're like, well, my opponent's willpowers are going to be fives, and he doesn't have a lot of Ruthless, and those Hanged are going to survive to the end of the game. And <laughs> I'm not just... expecting Terrifying 13 models. <laughs> well, yeah, especially the... on a keyword. Like, if you're playing against Daw, you'll expect it, right? But all of a sudden, if you're just playing like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm playing McMorning, there might be some, but I'm probably okay. All of a sudden, you know, they slam down a hanged, and it's like, oh, crap. Well, <laughs> uh, that being said, I don't know if it, this was you, but I uh, I do want to say this little thing about the, the Valedictorian. I saw her getting picked out of keyword against, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Zip. And I did not realize how good of a pick that was. Because you cannot, they, she cannot be up with gold. And her heart of one made it so that even his gun was not that great. I was like, holy crap, this is like insane great. <laughs> yeah, that that really highlights. Yeah, that was me in the championship last year, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, that really highlights how um, valid. You want to, when you're doing tech picks, you want to leverage every bit of text on the card that you can. And so for Zip, uh, one, I knew that A, he's super weak to uh flight models and valedictorian is one of the best flight models in the game that you can hire and then also she's got a stun so um zip once you turn off his uh defensive trigger he just dies and it's a stun on stat seven versus willpower it's one of the most consistent stuns in the game so that's i think zip's willpower five if i remember right too yeah 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 bayou bayou hates willpower like if you go against bayou just slap some high willpower attacks and terrifying and buy you will struggle into that. It's, it's tough. <laughs> oh man. I'm telling you that is, that is some championship winning strats right there. When you, nobody expects the 11 point out of keyword flying death machine. 
it just works. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is just uh, when you, I really like playing models, you know, 10, 20 times to learn every bit of text on that card. Yeah. Because um, even say her puncture, uh, if you're moving her around, uh, that puncture trigger means that you can even a hard to wound five health model you can kill from quite uh, quite a distance. And one thing I also want to say about these tanks is that their their main weakness is how slow they are. And something you can do is you can combine them with the masters that move models around. So we're talking Yanlo one, Molly two, um, those sorts of masters and enslaved spirits if you're doing an enslaved spirit build. And suddenly my valedictorian that was killing models 11 inches away is killing models that are 20 inches away. And that difference in threat range is just absurd. And uh, I recently threw a valedictorian into an opponent's deployment zone turn one and just murdered half his crew. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's something to kind of, you have to kind of keep in mind why you're bringing these picks out of keyword. And sometimes, like you were saying, in like a matchup against Zip, you're just like, you want to know it'd be really good against this is Valedictorian. Uh, the only thing I would ask about this is, so in the Malifaux World Series, I think you guys do bans as well, don't you? Uh, so, some events, yes. Not the championships, but some okay. of the events are bans. So do you find that bans is, like, how do you feel about bans in general, I guess I would ask, that you go a lot out of keywords sometimes? Um. As a format in general, I don't think it balances the game very well because the most powerful stuff in the game plays in keyword anyway, like Damien 1, for instance, is just sure. really strong in keyword. But I think it's a fun and interesting format. I think that it does really cool things and it makes people think. Um, and if you're trying to ban out resers, as we'll see as we go over Good the luck. List, there's, <laughs> there's so many options. So what you should instead think of is like, what do I just lose to if my opponent declares it? And you should yeah. declare that. If you're worried about losing to Anna, you declare Transmortis. If you're worried about Terrifying, you declare Tormented. And if you're worried about, say, uh, Reliquary of Souls, you declare uh, Monos' Ancestor keyword. Yep, definitely. So a- anything else about tanks before we go on to one of my more favorite topics, which is mobility picks? Yeah, one last thing I want to say about these tanks is related to the mobility, and that's both Hanged and Valedictorian can ignore terrain. And again, if you're comboing them with uh, models that move uh, them around, they can be surprisingly mobile, but not as mobile as our mobility picks. So yeah, let's move on to that. Yeah, these mobility picks, these are some of my favorite models in the faction. So I'll go through them all, and then we can kind of just pick out uh, the ones that kind of speak to us first, and we'll cover all of them. But we got, uh, so Dead Rider, Archie, Manos, Bet Noir, and Yin, the creepy guts model. So <laughs> out of uh, out of those, I would say the one that kind of speaks to me a lot is Manos. But I know Edic in the uh, Discord was saying he wants someone to look at him the way that you look at Archie. So, Kako, why do you love Archie so much? <laughs> yeah. I think basically for a year straight, I played Archie in every single Rezzers list I played, whether it was Vonstoke <laughs> or Yanlo or McMorning or nice. um, Molly. And it's just a fantastic model. And I'll group... Uh, the even after Dead nerf. Ride. Yeah, even post-nerf. I was upset by the nerf, and then eventually I was like, wait, no, he's still ridiculous. Yeah, he's uh, still like S-tier, like... <laughs> so uh I'll, I'll group dead rider archie and monos together and then i'll explain okay. why archie is my favorite so these three models 
are what define Rezus to me. They are the best in class in the game, potentially. Maybe Neverborn can compete, but they are the mobile beaters of the game. So every single uh, Dead Rider, Archie, and Monos are all min three beaters. All three of them can make three attacks and then activation without ex assistance because the Dead Rider can use his triple crow trigger to um, do an extra yep. attack. Archie's got flurry, Monos has sudden strike. So all three of them are easily making three attacks and then activation so they can just, when they get somewhere, they can just shred a model with eight or nine damage very consistently. And their mobility is all three of them can move three times in an activation, whether it's ride with me, walk, leap, you know, all these things. They all just anywhere on the board that you need to be they can get there and start dishing out damage. So yeah. if you're playing against Rezzers, you cannot have a scheme runner with six health because that six <laughs> health scheme runner is just turning into a red, fine red mist instant. Yep. Like, we're talking on corner deployment turn one, I have killed an enemy model in its deployment zone. Like, that's the level of mobility that these models are bringing and lethality. So they're. Um, uh, a good counter to them, by the way, is Armor 2, for those of you, uh, again, looking yeah. for characterizers, uh, these three top models. Um, and all of them have their unique gifts. Uh, so Rider, you know, pulses out injured, and that Ride With Me really affects the mobility of your master, which can really matter. Um, Monos has the Reliquary of Souls, um, and he has... Uh, Possibly the biggest deal with Monos, and the reason to pick him is the over the other two is that yeah. divine strike trigger on his spirit barrage. That yeah, that's pretty good. Attack. It's stat five, so it's not like you know your main deal. But against enemy totems, uh, against you can always find a couple targets on the field that are just going to die to a couple spirit barrage attacks, and then for Monos. After he kills something that hasn't activated yet, you get activation control, and he gains fast, so you can then <laughs> run away and leap, and he stays so ridiculously safe. Um, so that's really, really good. I, I do want to. Oh, yeah, I just want to. No, no, I just want to point out uh, for the listeners: it's lantern or souls. He says reliquary of souls because when he dies, oh. he, if, I, I believe he gives that to the to a model, right? Yeah, yeah, he gives it away. You're completely right. I was meaning Lantern of Souls. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay but I just want to, like, the listeners that are following, because, like, that is a very important thing to also remember from him. He dies, and he still is like, oh, hey, look at that. Well, <laughs> I, I think the also, the big thing about these three is not only are they mobile, and they can hit, and they can do all this stuff, they feel like, as compared to, say, a model like the First Mate, I feel like they don't chew up your resources nearly as much as like some of those other expensive models. Yeah, and that's the thing is all three of these models are so good at using mobility to stay safe. They're not even taking those hits in the first place. Yeah. But that tankiness factor kind of determines how long you can stay where it's dangerous. And that's that actually is why I like Archie the most, which I'll explain now. So what Manos has is he has a small health pool, but he has um, extended reach, so he can abuse positioning a little bit more. He's He can be like four inches away from a model and you still can't charge him, which is really annoying. Um, and he has <laughs> soul stone. So like if you if a Manos player wants Manos to stay alive, it's so fucking hard to kill Manos because you're spending those stones and like he'll survive on like one health and then he regens up and then he siphon lives you and suddenly he's back to five life. Um and same thing with Dead Rider, is Dead Rider's got these uh, uh, tokens, um, and he's willpower 7, so on willpower, like, good luck hurting him. And on defense, he's got his defensive trigger, uh, Forged in Death, which just means that he can convert his fate tokens that he gains every turn to uh, defense. 
Uh, and then what Archie has is uh, terrifying 12, hard to wound, and a massive wound pool. And <laughs> any can't me, gain conditions. Yeah, any that can't gain conditions, which enormous. is massive. Yeah. And for Ugh. me, the, the big difference here is with Dead Rider and Monos, uh, they don't have to spend that many resources, but they do have to spend friendly resources staying alive. Uh, and often with, like, say, Dead Rider, you might be cheating defensively to abuse that defense six. But then with Archie, because of that terrifying 12, which is just such a massive TN for most models, like a willpower 5 model needs a 7 to hit him, um, it, he drains the opponent's resources. And to me, that's the really big difference, is when I'm running Archie, I know that really all I need to do is find that 4 of masks for the leap, and I'm generally running him with card draw crews, and then... Uh, and a discard for Flurry, which are some shitty cards. And then other than that, he's not eating my resources. He's eating my opponent's resources and, if they want to fight him. And just because the cherry on top, if he has taken any damage, that discard for Flurry also heals him. Yeah, and that's and the healing himself back up. And Monos also healing up is a huge advantage over the Dead Rider. The big disadvantage of the Dead Rider is that it doesn't self-heal. So every ping damage that they get on the Dead Rider, you're crying a little bit because they well, keep I, I think also with those three models, you have so many attacks you're getting with those models that if you miss one of your attacks, you're like, okay, I'll just try it again. And you just, you know, you have two or three cracks at it and eventually with you know they're all like what three four five or three four six damage pools so every one of those big swings you get is going to hurt and sometimes you hit them all and something dies so it's good <laughs> yeah and i cannot tell you how many times i've attacked with archie cheated into the tome trigger and then on negs i flip the mod damage or even the severe damage and my opponent's just like you did 10 damage to my crew with that swing <laughs> like that sweeping strike trigger on archie is the single best uh trigger on his card i think uh, and then if we're talking some niche plays about Archie, that numbskull, this model cannot gain conditions. That is the most powerful anti-condition tech in the game. Uh, to people listening in, you probably don't want to play Pandora into Rezzers anymore because that numbskull is, is really, really yeah, rough. Yeah, Dixon, take it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can play Titania and it still hurts because I rely so much on like injuring people. Yeah. And just making them like completely useless uh, so that everything in my crew can kill it. And Archie's just like, I just do whatever I want. Yeah, that <laughs> dumb skull and terrifying 12 means you can't slow him. You have to deal with him. And to deal with him, the terrifying 12 is like. I, I think rough. it is important to say, though, that we did put these in the mobility category and not the tanks. If you throw those three models into uh, just a scrum, they're going to eventually die because of things like ping damage. Uh, splash damage, just a anything like that is eventually going to chip them down. So you can't just throw them in the middle of it. Absolutely. If you leave these models in the middle of a fight, they're going to die. Their, their, their primary survival tech is the leap, the ride with me, the mobility, so that they're picking their fights. When it's Archie versus Silurid, he wins the fight. <laughs> and then, um, it's very hard for an opponent to cross the table and then get past 11 wounds. But if you're depositing him in the center of the enemy crew, most crews can figure out how to do 11 wounds to a model. Yep, yep. Slowly but surely, or just like just all in one hit, if he activates first, it's kind of like he's in a danger zone. Uh, that yeah, being so said, though... Hit and run he, with these models. Yeah, that being said, he, he still does his job even when he dies sometimes because it takes so much to kill Archie that your opponent is usually going to have no hand after that. Yeah, and again, when you're taking 
uh, Archie or Manos or Dead Rider, um, what you're looking for is all your opponent's cheat models are dead, so they can no longer score, and that's the kind of the victory point control element that they're bringing in yes. is that it's yes. just so hard to score when all your models that cost like seven or less are dead really really. Fast. I, I, I did so laugh hard. though because I was playing uh, I had Archie and it was going into an Anya crew and I kind of leapt him into a bunch of kind of like schemers slash like a surveyor and some other things were there and I was kind of engaging them and I was like you know this is kind of bad spot for Archie but I feel like sometimes the psychological just people being afraid of a model kicks in. And I think my <laughs> opponent kind of freaked out a little bit that Archie was in the middle of things. And I was kind of like, this is actually a bad position, but I think he's freaking him out where he's not targeting him. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I want to point out, since we're talking about this, because I, I, I just clarifying that I feel that the beater schemer, that type of model, is huge in the GG4. And... The three models that you describe are basically beater schemers. They're yeah, all these... high mobility, high damage, can scheme. Yeah, and that's the other thing is that all three of these models can like interact, move, interact, which is huge this uh, season. So I'll usually spend them early game. They kill a few of the enemy point scorers, and they them themselves are amazing at scoring points. They can get anywhere on the board. They can all interact twice. Um, and it's very, very powerful. And then um, they have a lot of random text that you want to be leveraging. Even like Archie Hurl Corpse, if you combo that with a Reva crew, um, suddenly you have uh, corpse <gasps> candles exploding in the middle of that <laughs> as well. So oh my like, god. You <laughs> just realized. <laughs> yeah. Virtually every line of text on these cards you, you're going to be finding these uses for. Um, Archie the Bold Over Trigger, that's not enemy only. So there have been times where yep. I've decided to move my own models. And speaking of moving my own models, something I really want to highlight for Dead Rider is the Reap Trigger is not enemy only. On turn five, you get five <laughs> tokens, which is an extra 10 inches movement. And I have won games because my opponent was like, oh, your model is like 20 inches out of position to score. It can't score. And I just charged it with Dead Rider and reaped them both into position 10 inches suddenly. Or, you know, if I have tokens from previous turns, I've done like 20 inch reaps before. Yep. Yep. And that's just like, <laughs> then my okay. opponent is like dumbfounded because they didn't realize I could attack my own model. So you really want to be leveraging all that text. And my final I, note. I did, I, I did laugh before your final note, though. You shared that in the Discord, and Jim was like, please don't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> this is so hilarious. Because, like, he got, again, all these models got nerfed. Because I believe even Manos got nerfed. And they're Indir still... Indirectly because of his reliquary. Correct. Correct. Uh, and there's still an S tier. Well,. The, the the death rider I think it went down to an eighteen, but that's still really good. That's like yeah. among you know the best things. But Archie and Manos are still S tier because of not only things like this, but because of everything else we talked about. And then you add this. Yeah, and actually talking of the dead rider, one thing that I think often makes him S tier, especially in say cursed objects or um, those types of battles where there's a lot of. Um, positioning and maneuvering uh reap is just one of the if not the most powerful repositioning tool in the game the fact that uh when you're fencing with your opponent and you're jostling for position in everything the fact that your dead rider can just be like i'm going to dive into the middle of the enemy crew and pull somebody back and then all of a sudden their model that is not good at surviving is in the middle of your crew and you just beat it to death yep. um 
that reap uh all three of these models are about positioning control but the reap is like the cream of the crop when it comes to positioning oh, yeah. control oh yeah and it um, got nerfed i, I want to remind again yeah it used to be a place time, it is pretty gross it used to be a place it is now nerfed and listen listen to this man talk about the disgusting thing it's, it's so gross they should have nerfed it a little bit harder i think <laughs> Because everyone was talking about Soulfire and all the damage it did, and I'm like, yeah, but positioning often wins games, and Reap is one of the best positioning tools in the game. Um, but so my final note about these three models is we're comparing, oh, do you take Archie, Monos, or Rider? In GG4, there's going to be a lot of times where I take all three, or at least two of them. Uh, and that will, uh, when doing two of them again, it will come down to the specific text. But the Archie, Monos, Dead Rider build... Uh, it's you know 30 to 31 stones uh so that's like your core and then everything else is uh support or okay. schemers but those three models together can murder all the enemy schemers and then scheme by themselves which is just really really powerful so um yeah. i recommend yeah, I, people. i, I brought those three goals. with uh and i'm actually going to talk with jim and i are going to do a reaction video on youtube about this but <laughs> we, we played a game with molly versus Terry, and i brought all three of those and uh yeah, Jim brought that scheme where you got to be with what within six of the center and engaging a henchman or master. And I kept using the dead rider just to because you know he's an enforcer, so I just kept taking the dead rider to move the model that he kept trying to position to score it just away from henchmen. And it, it was really good. I enjoyed I enjoyed it quite a bit. That <laughs> is hilarious. Uh, I, okay, so. So we do have two other models in this category, though. Yeah, I was literally going to ask him, though. I was like, when do you take the other two, then? Because so, I really like Betty, but, you know. Yeah, so Bet Noir, I think that's specifically like a Reva and McMorning thing. Because the thing with Bet Noir is that um, she's even more survivable than the others. Because I think she's something like Defense 6 in her... With her defensive trigger, she's effectively immortal against very niche things. Um, yes, that uh, that uh, rise again um, lets her get around the battlefield, and this is a trick a lot of people may not know, uh, and it's a rules is written thing. So maybe your turn, uh, your meta may not accept this ruling. But the way, for instance, the Malifaux World Series ruling does rise again says this action can be taken while buried. Target a corpse marker, ignoring range and line of sight. That's a requirement where it can be taken while buried, but it's not must be taken while buried. Yeah. So you can still use it on the table. The unburied part of the effect fails, but then you still get the free charge action. Um, yep. So that's part of why a lot of people use her. Yeah, that, that's the way my meta plays it. It gets you a free charge out of just, you know, just her bonus, which is always great. So, and yep. that's the way I interpret it. And if there's, you know, the, the caveat there is there has to be, you know, a corpse marker. So you don't have to be unburied. That's not yep. part of the italics. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my, my, favorite, my two favorite things about her is like when you can obey her, she can also bury herself. And then if you can like drop a, a, a corpse or something, or if you want to just throw a corpse candle or somebody in your case, you monster, she can unbury on that too. But everything else that you said, like moving 18 inches, it's not bad. Yeah. And so that's, that's the thing is, um, the berry mechanics really interesting. The stat six plus is really interesting. So relative to like Monos, Dead Rider, and Archie, she again she can move three times or she can attack three times. Like if you're sensing a Rezzer theme here, that's uh, really big. But she's min two. She does have a crit strike. She'll sometimes slip. Um, but her stat six plus is just insanely good. And when you're looking to use a stat six plus, is when you're um, 
effectively when you're not using card draw. Because with Archie, I'm often cheating to hit anyway, so I don't care if he's got a plus <laughs> on the flip. Would, would you consider bet if you were playing somebody who had like a lot of uh, manipulative or serene continence or things like that? Oh yeah, absolutely that as well. If you're looking at crews with lots of minus flips, Archie is absolutely terrible against those. Yeah. Uh, note to people again <laughs> looking for that counterattack. Uh, Dixon where... played that stupid brilliance crap where it's like, oh, if you have brilliance, that's not in a condition, yeah. so you're just at a negative. I was like, well, Archie is just running schemes then, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is the sad part about that game. I was winning the attrition, but I was losing so hard on everything else. Yeah. <laughs> Because he was way faster than me. I picked a crew that likes to stand and fight, and he did not. He was, like, everywhere. There were Krooligans <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, there were literally Krooligans, like, 20 inches apart from every other model. It was stupid. Yeah, so that's the that stat. Um, the attack's a bit weaker, but that stat 6-plus has some serious yeah. applications. The Honeypot matchup. Um, that teleport that she can do, because... While you can do rise again while you're on the table, doing it from off the table, and as, as Dixon said, you can uh, you can bury yourself on a mask, which is very easy to find on that stat six plus. You attack, you are often attacking friendlies for that on turn one, and the the distance you can get on her exceeds any of the other uh, models we talked about. Like she'll by herself, she'll just do the you know the forty inch move <laughs> in one turn. So that that mobility can be a big thing. I also want to call attention to a few other. Um, really important uh, text on her. Trail of Gore, insane this season. Um, yep. It's a little bit weaker on her because it means you're giving up your powerful Rise Again action, so she actually needs to be on the table to take it. Um, but Trail of Gore, just insanely powerful this season. Scarlet Temptation, very, very powerful in some circumstances. So if you're a crew, uh, for instance, Reva's Unqu Reva 1 has a move called the Unquiet Dead, uh, which just makes everyone uh, pop willpower duels or take a bunch of damage, and I think maybe even injured. And if there's, like, you, Bet Noir is standing near them, it just absolutely will shred enemy crews. The only thing to be aware of is that because her defensive tech is based on bearing that aura is not very reliable you're not on, she's not necessarily going to be on the table because i think savvy opponents that see the scarlet temptation coming will force her to bury um yep. but even then that's an action tax on them uh it's, it's really really solid and she's so also she, terrifying and again she's terrifying with defense six willpower five like that is a very solid baseline of uh defenses even before you get the fade away reducing damage by two which is built in on both defense and willpower and i think that is really what pushes her yeah. over the line into like very competitive model is that trigger is built in on both uh both defense and willpower and then we uh last but not least we do have yin yin is um i really like her although again i've started to just use these other models more often than yin um but I think she'll probably make a comeback uh, this this season. Again, that terrifying 12 hard to wound. She's got a nice package for eating the enemy resources to kill her. Um, that uh, she, She's got two main things that I think just really make her uh, incredibly useful. Which, first off, is her melee attack has a built-in you're coming with me. Yeah, boy. So that's <laughs> like, that is a uh, thing that is a little bit of a defensive tech because she can get... Uh, not only can she move herself a little bit each time she attacks and position safely, but she can abuse line of sight because she can use enemy models to um, to block line of sight sometimes, which can be really powerful. Uh, and she's got a delay trigger as well, which I want to mention because it's, it's super strong. Um, 
it's also insane with like say Seamus why hello love like you use yin to drag someone into Seamus and then they take an attack so um, gross and then she's got that move six and the dark bargain uh so that dark bargain uh is very very flexible it's far stronger than the normal walk move interact because she can do it on herself but also she can do it on other models so like she can be she can charge someone move them somewhere like six inches and then dark bargain a friendly somewhere else and it's just uh that little bit again of like that positioning and maneuvering advantages where she has some really fine control over the battlefield um, ends up being really good and for dark bargain the combos i'm looking for is i want to use that on models that self-heal she pairs well with say archie because he self-heals with monos because he self-heals uh sometimes some of your gst models uh like say hanged uh are gonna pair well with yin because uh yeah that looking damage adds up looking at yan low because you know i've been playing a lot of him you bring I've I've been putting the reliquary Manos's reliquary like on a Gokudo and running that Gokudo with Yin. So now you can have the Gokudo do the interact, but then it has the regen now to heal itself. So that's been a good little uh, package I've had as well. Yeah, it's amazing there. And well that is a keyword uh, play, but also note yep. that uh movement tricks really add up the more like three inch moves you have the more powerful it is and so also keep an eye for like i think seamus is a really good example of uh, well yano's crew is nothing but movement tricks seamus as well so many movement tricks in the crew and they really add up so i think seamus is one of the best places to take that yin and another terrifying adds up as well the more terrifying you have the more your opponent is facing bad choices of like well i only brought two ruthless models and the rest of my models like everything is terrifying how am i going to bypass it and Uh, it doesn't seem like a lot but man terrifying really does put hand pressure on because you're gonna flip a one or a two or something eventually on those and that just takes a card out of your hand yeah, and like if that happens like even three times, like that's half of your base head right there. Yeah, it's very very strong. Uh, and so that's kind of a summary, I think, of the the mobility uh, must pack models. Yin, I think, is on the borderline. I think uh, I would. Head Rider, Archie Manos, everyone of every flavor should pack. Bet more. You're packing if you've got corpse crews like Seamus McMorning, uh, Riva. Really, really good with Bet more. Yep. And Yin is a little bit more borderline, but those movement, movement tricks are what she provides that the others don't. And at a cost of nine stones as well, sometimes you just yeah. want to see. Yeah, and I think that's where we get into some of this support and scheming kind of tech picks. These are these are ones that I think are your lower point like stone cost. So I think these ones, it might be easier to squeeze in a list as your tech picks. So the list that we have for this one is you have Gwil, Sloth, Nurses, Gwisin, and Enslaved Spirits. And I will just say off of this list, enslaved spirits are pretty freaking good. Those those models are insane for three points. Why are they three points versatile? It makes absolutely no sense to me. And yeah, they, they die are. and still get to keep their points because they drop a ski marker. Fuck yeah. those models. They're like piglets. <laughs> Except good. <laughs> Yeah, they're both they're both quite insane. So let's start with Gwisin and Enslaved Spirits. This Rami package that makes us really upset that we have to buy the stupid TOS starter. Yeah. Get a bunch of stupid well, models. I, I was I will say I was able to get the Enslaved Spirits on Gadzooks, but the Gwisin are out right now of stock. Yeah. So and- that's how I got them as well. Because like, the spirits, I think, come nine to a box. You're going to have no trouble yeah. finding your spirits. The Gwisin, so I think, come three to a box, but I still split 
Uh, I think for two boxes, you can ensure that three different players get two Gwisin each and those sorts of things. So yeah. often you'll be able to, to pick up some of your Gwisin. And they're both going to be incredible in gaining grounds four. So let's go over uh, Let's those. get into um, it. <laughs> Why must you hurt me like this? Because <laughs> we love you. So the Gwisin, <laughs> when they first released... <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, so the Gwisin, when they first released, everyone was uh, making a fuss about Take the Hit and Vengeance, which has been FAQ'd out of the game, so it doesn't matter anyway. But for me, the Take the Hit isn't the core part of what they'll be doing this season. For me, it's two things. It's first off, they're incorporeal. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that provides a lot of mobility. Uh, they can just ignore terrain, that move five. Like That's a nice, solid baseline. And it provides that little bit of tankiness, like seven wounds in corp. This model is dying if your opponent decides it's dying, which should be the case for a six-stone model. But it's going to take some investment. And because of the Vengeance 2, they're usually taking five. Last time someone killed one of my Gwisin, they took four damage as a result. And it was like they did seven to me and they took four, which is just, you know, really brutal. Um, so that's that's a nice baseline package for a model getting around the board. Yep. Um, and I, since we're on front of card, I will briefly... Uh, talk about take the hit. You still want to consider take the hit because these models might be next to, like, say, a Kruligan. Uh Last game, I actually had it next to my master uh, because there happened to be a point where the master was, and the master got beaten to death, and I had just forgotten that take the hit exists, so I could have saved my master's life. So again, you know, remember the card text on the card that you can leverage it. Yeah, um, I, I would mention, though, if you do take the hit, Vengeance then doesn't trigger, correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So that's it's just more of just see vengeance is a nice upside that comes up. And another thing is vengeance does not happen if they get the killing blow on you because they're modern yep, software. Because because you dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Which is shocking because like I think black blood does. Or am I wrong there? No, black blood doesn't. Oh, no, okay. black blood does. I think because black blood is step five of the damage timing, so uh, it happens okay, before that's good the models. Now. Okay, so yeah, yeah, um, I remember it was like one of those rules was different than vengeance, and I was like, what? Why? Yeah, it'd be nice <laughs> if it was all streamlined and used <laughs> the same text. I um, know. Yeah, so that's front of card, and you know, defense five, willpower five within corp. That's fine. Your model's not immortal, but it's it's taken enough hits for a six stone model. Move five in corp, very solid. Um, but let's talk back of card, because this is what you're you're playing uh, the model for. Um, I'll just jump straight to the highlight. Is that Trail of Gore um, insane? It's one of the best Ski Marker removal abilities in the game. Uh, remove target enemy Ski Marker with no flip is already decent. But then as a result, you get a melee attack or the walk action. The melee attack can declare triggers if need be. And it can be mobility if you just want to walk around. That is insane. There are seven models in the game with uh, um, Trail of Gore. And I would argue that uh, two of them are Rezzers. It's Bet Noir yep. and Gwisin. And I would <laughs> argue that Gwisin is the most efficient model because uh, it's only cost six. Uh, there's only one model that's cheaper, and that's red caps, and they're not very good compared to a Gwisin. Uh, so the Gwisin hits that sweet spot of being cheap but effective, and yeah. I think uh, we're going to see a lot of Gwisin this season. Uh, I think as well, because they're very doable to kill them, I've been finding that running two of them is a really good sweet spot where dealing with two Gwisin, uh, it's only 12 stones, and dealing with them is really, really difficult. Okay. So I, I just want to point out that I've said before that every now and then a model hits like that tier or that, that point 
in, in like a stat where it's like almost backbreaking. Incorporeal models with seven uh, health hit that you know threshold, and these models have seven health in incorporeal at normal stats. Like yeah, and it costs six. Often incorporeal yeah. models have one less wound than cost, but this for some reason has one more wound than cost. It's just that... insanely well statted. Yeah, he's literally he's just defense, willpower, movement five. Like that's just average. Like this model is an average model well, that and, also and not only that, this model stats. spikes really hard. It goes for some reason it spikes at five damage. It's two three five instead of like two three four. Yeah, that's what I want puncture. to cover next is the attack. Um, yeah. Because if Trail of Gore can give you a free melee attack, let's look at what that means. First off, uh, Tear Apart, 235 uh, damage track. That is something you see on 8-cost models, like, right? Like a lot of the release models, it's not quite good enough for an 8-cost model. But 235, very respectable. And then to have it on the Gwisin at cost 6 is... You know that's a solid baseline. Stat 5, yes. nothing to write home at about. But again... You don't care if your Gwisin misses. Like that's just nope. you're just getting a few that's extra gravy. attacks. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's my, my six point um, model that is hard to take down. Oh, I missed. I don't care. Yeah, and often <laughs> what you're attacking with it. Like last game, I was attacking like Maurice and like a couple support models, and like you're just like your opponent's not cheating to stop you either. So you're just flipping cards, yeah. and then and sometimes you will cheat though because these triggers are insane. Um, Feast of Vengeance is just, you know, a decent one where after killing a friendly leader heals one, two, three. Um, yep. That does come up sometimes, but that's not the, the highlight. The highlights are puncture and tear off a bite. Anytime you see the puncture trigger, you want to check that damage track for a yeah. spike. And tear apart has that five damage spike. And there's just so many times that you'll start flipping in a model and you'll be like, oh, sorry, I hit the puncture trigger, straight flip. Oh, whoops, I severed you. Take five. <laughs> whoops, <laughs> like, you're dead. That's <laughs> just insane for like a random attack. And again, you're yeah. not building around this. You're not planning your whole turn around this going off usually. Um, he just hits those two thresholds that make no sense. Top end of five on damage, seven health for an incorporeal model. Yeah. Why are you? It's why just you a bit points? too efficient for cost. All these things are adding up, and then you throw in Trail of Gore, which is insane. And then the tear off <laughs> a bite trigger is the last thing I want to cover because it is so fucking annoying when you beat a Gwisin yeah. down to two health and it tears off a bite once. Or I've even had it once. I had it happen twice in a row where it just healed four health, and then all of a sudden you got to beat it down again. You got to be taking your vengeance damage. Um, so really be looking for those tear off a bite triggers on your Gwisin. If your opponent doesn't cheat and you're like, oh, I have this eight of revs that is now turned into a heal on my model. Like, you know, those types of things um, that tear off a bite trigger is one. Man, of the most Cackle, there's got to be a world where I bring this in like Molly and you're taking two points of damage when you hit the Gwisin because of, you know, Vengeance 2. And then you declare the same attack and Molly sees you. So you're taking two damage for Molly oh. and then you, and then you get more vengeance damage. And it's like, oh yeah, you just took casually, you know, six damage trying to kill this thing. Meanwhile, yeah, it's, meanwhile it's, you did weak damage for one damage on this yeah. thing. And it just makes you lose your fucking mind. Yeah. And that's, that's uh, real good. For those wondering at home how to uh, counter this, big focused hits. You want to do a big focused hit for like five damage and then a big focused hit for four damage and it's dead. Which 
It takes a lot of resources to do that. That's again yeah. why this model is so <laughs> strong because the answer to it, like it has a weakness, but even with that weakness, it's a fuck ton of resources to pull off. And yeah, with yeah. Molly, um, I really want to try this because Molly is a good anti-scheme master. And I'm thinking if you have two Gwis and two Krooligans, um, that's just going to be... How is your opponent ever going to score oh, against that? Is... that? <laughs> that's so stupid. Every single it might time be I overkill. Hear... I'm not sure if you need all that. Maybe you swap for Gwisten out for two spirits. Uh, which so, yeah, will be not to mention answer. lost knowledge on Molly. So a quick thing, quick thing, because you definitely need to come back to talk about Molly. Because she is like one of the lowest rated masters in the game for some ungodly reason. But every single time I play against you specifically, and it's Molly... I just, you know, I'm like, what the hell am I gonna do? I can't, I can't activate this model. This model's just gonna die. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm really looking forward to the Molly one because I think in gaining ground three, there was a, an argument that she had a lot of weaknesses and was, you know, maybe beat here. And gaining grounds for Molly is going to be showing up all over the place already in she the should. World Series. Like she just had a tie yeah. in one of, in one matchup with. Um, one list and then uh, she just like absolutely smashed another player um i think we're going to be seeing a lot of her over the next year yep yep so i hope so we also have the enslaved spirits which they don't seem like a lot because they're three cost they are only move four and okay they're in corp with three hit points but i think the big reason people use them are because one you have chain gang so they kind of just move your pieces around and they go scheme and you know if they die they drop scheme markers and i think that's a general use of them but is there anything else or you want to expand on just how you've kind of seen them on the table yeah i think the the big thing is that they've got um the chain gang early game they're moving your models up the board mid game like they can rescue models from engagement and stuff uh, a huge thing is there is no target number on chain gang it doesn't take resources to use this model and when you're looking at cheap efficient models you're looking for things that are not going to be consuming your resources you want to pour your resources into your archies your monos you know those types of things and this model is just like and chain gang that's six inches of movement potentially um the demise it drops a scheme marker after it dies so often it does its job even if it dies which is insane yep. uh chained enemy models within three cannot reduce the value of their own focus condition this i think is what really drives the spirit over the line because the answer to in court models as i mentioned with the Gwisin, is you take a big focus to hit a big focus to hit for four damage kills an enslaved spirit but in melee, you can't fucking do that. You can't one-shot <laughs> this thing consistently. Nope. It's so annoying. It's just a like utter travesty. And there's not that many willpower attacks that will um, that will smash out a model. Uh, so it's just so annoying to kill for cost. And then when you yeah. kill it for cost, it drops a ski marker. Not even in base contact, but within, within three. The, the, <laughs> best, the best way that I've dealt with these pieces of crap is obey them. Because if you obey them and you attack either one of my own models or one of the enemy's models, they just die. Yeah, man. These I played these enslaved spirits with Molly yeah. in. Uh, I played it in Cloak and Dagger, yeah. and these things, man, they were just so good at just getting to the little you know strat marker, picking it. They were good at getting up to enemy models and stealing it from the enemy model. They're just they're really frustrating models to play against. I feel. Yeah. No, and, and again, I want to like, I cannot stress this enough. If you obey these models, you can do their triggers. And one of their triggers is to kill themselves. So if you attack somebody in melee and you hit, you kill this model. And it's built in. Yes. So do not, again, do not, 
Not try not just just kill this thing. Just stupid kill this thing at range if you can. Yeah, and that's they're they're real weak to ranged attacks. Like a lone marshal's tearing these things up turn one. So yeah. don't yeah. you don't want to tech these in uh, versus um, ranged attacks. And the other huge weakness that's really not obvious because it's not on the card is just when you're hiring <laughs> a bunch of cheap models. You're, it, it has some severe activation control costs. Because first off, you're possibly generating pass tokens for the enemy, and savvy players sometimes will save those for the next turn, and they just get to win initiative, and there's nothing you can do about it. They just automatically win initiative with enough pass And then they just blow up a model. Yeah, and then that, that, that sucks. And then the second thing is, they are annoying to kill for three stones, but they are still killable, and when they die, they give up activation control for that turn, which is a yep. big deal. So that's that's what you're looking to abuse when you fight these things. Um, and I just briefly want to touch on their attacks. Arcane Touch, not very good, but you're often using this against enemies just because you want to charge and engage and be like, haha, you're engaged by a model that's going to take you two hits to kill and then it drops a key marker, <laughs> fuck you. Like, oh, it's so dumb. Lethal Curse, Injured is super powerful, so whenever you have a spare AP, consider it. But again, these models move, uh, interact, move, interact. That's the that's the bread and butter for this type of model. Yeah. Pretty simple model, really, but it's just like the Gwisin, it's just very, very efficient. Yep, yep. Yeah, another model that I'm pretty excited that you had kind of in your take a bunch is the uh, the nurse model. So I was, I've I've come around to the McMorning train. So when would you consider a nurse out of keyword? Uh, Seamus is, Seamus 1 is the single biggest one because let's go over the nurse's card. Sorry, I'm just pulling it up now. There you go. Um, so the the two most impactful things on the card in my view are the tools for the job you just you pick up an extra severe that's pretty clear cut why that's so powerful yep. right and then it gives you a built-in suit so then we jump to the back of the card and you've got uh, <laughs> i will say dixon is petty as hell because i i had a red joker come down like i think it was second activation turn uh turn one and so i was like petty. cool dixon you know what i'm activating next he's like well, now I have to activate my Rocketeer yes. and make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. No, that's not petty. That's just oh, you, smart that was, play. It was petty. How in the world? There is no freaking planet in the world where I'm like, yeah, he should get that Red Joker scot-free without me doing anything to intervene. Like, that is the yeah. stupidest thing. Uh, one of my favorite things to do on defense is like the last attack of an opponent's turn. You drop the red joker so your model survives and then you yep. um you activate nurse and you pick it back up it's just it's just brutal that is um, so aggravating I, i've done it to win initiative too you cheat in the red joker or something to win initiative activate nurse pick it up do something yeah yeah i'm just like why did you even do that <laughs> like, that's my take why would you even cheat the initiative you're just gonna activate the nurse i mean you can still <laughs> do effective things as i'm sure cackle is going to tell us yeah, so the um, bottle of painkillers, uh, it's that heal, the text. Target heals one, two, three, and may end at one condition on the target. It's the best condition removal in Rezzers off the top of my head. I can't think of anything better than that. Um, and then it's got four triggers that do a lot. Smashed, only in keyword, of course. You're, uh, But say if the nurse heals herself, it's potentially really, really good. Uh, pulled here and there, movement. Again, these three-inch moves, if you learn to get them to add up, are incredibly powerful um preparations target games focused one that that text right there single uh that's this that's the second reason that you're hiring that nurse uh turn one you're focusing up your master with it um or you know whatever beater you need to give some some focus it's very very strong there um and then the 
this will numb the pain for shielded is also just it's a good combat thing uh seduction sometimes a ridiculously powerful attack i was playing against nakima a few years ago one of my earliest recorded videos against carnage i think and i used the seduction attack on nekama when she had two focused and she went from two focused to distracted one and it just wrecked the entire game plan it slowed her down so much from like bleeding my crew that on turn two to like just being like completely neutered so really watch yep. out for opportunities to seduction and uh her melee attack is ridiculously strong because it has built-in days. And just stun is possibly the best control condition in the game. Yeah, I was going to say, built-in stun seems really good. <laughs> yeah, and it's and the target is pushed up to three inches in any direction. One thing I want to note is this is not enemy only. So you can bash your own models turn one. Like, say, Valedictorian, you're doing one damage each or time. Or Archie, who can't get stunned. Yeah, and, and then you just bottle and painkillers them afterwards anyway. So, like, you remove the stun. Um and you healed up some of the damage you did. Uh, you can, uh, so again, it's those those finding those ways to abuse three inch pushes really gets value value for a model. Um, and that seduction makes means she can be useful at a distance. Uh, now the downside of the map model manipulative, not very good defensive tech by itself, especially because like one focus severe six, she's dead. She's uh, gone. And then Bottle of Painkillers is only a three-inch range, and Surgical instru Instruments is a zero-inch range. So, yep. And Bedside Manor is a really good ability. It can rescue models. It combos well with Carry On Emissary. But again, it's a short-range ability. So a lot of her really powerful text is short-range. So, But then if she's near the action with those stats, she's going to die. Like, compare her to a Gwissin. Uh, you're paying seven for the nurse. You're paying six for the Gwissin. The Gwissin's going to take, like, a severe five and a moderate four to die. The nurse is going to take uh, two mid-three beats, and she's dead. Or a single severe six, and she's dead. Um, so you just want to be a little bit conscious of her only weakness is that she just explodes if she's going to be near there. Yeah. But there's a lot yeah. of good text on that card you can leverage for her. Okay. Yeah. She's, I mean, the biggest issue that I have with her, it, I mean, against her, is literally just the tools from the job. So if she does it like twice, I think that that enough is worth her points just as an opponent. It's like, yep, that's another 13 that I am have to deal with again. Yeah, and especially in keyword with McMorning 1, I often do a double nurse build, and it's just provides that consistency you need uh and Seamus again uh that picking up a severe that consistency of knowing that your master is going to go off so what you're really looking <laughs> for nurse uh to do with a nurse is you want to find those masters that are super strong but they need their severe to have that consistency and that's yeah. when nurse comes in okay nice. i like that yeah because yeah, you're giving focus and you're getting a strong card ideally yeah. yeah, and both Seamus, like she McMorning can do severe seven precise, precise, and Seamus does ignore hard to wound severe eight. So both of those models, like that focus, just completely yeah. unlocks the model. I, you're saying that uh, I want to point out that it requires double ramps or like a stone and a card yeah. to get that seven on McMorning. But Seamus is just straight up. He just needs that third. Like there's an eleven. There's another eleven. Get wrecked. <laughs> and that once again plays on the Rezzer theme of like, if you have cheap models, Rezzers are going to kill them. Like, Rezzers will just absolutely shred yes. uh, anything cheap on the board dies. Oh, yeah. So, the last two that we have for uh, the support and scheming are Gwil and Sloth. Uh, Sloth, I think the main thing I've picked up from him is he just makes things go fast. 
Yeah, and I think that I won't spend much time on the fast and the the heal three with the slow, um, because everyone knows how powerful that fast is. It's just stupidly strong. Um, yeah. One thing I do want to mention about this combo is you can, of course, heal a model uh, three and then make it fast to undo it. Rezzers actually have a couple of undead masters, and so you can heal, say, Molly or Jackdaw one for three health and then make them fast. Because normally making a master fast doesn't matter, except in this instance, it allows you to negate the slow and heal your master for three. Very neat combo. Yep. The rest of the text uh, I want to touch on because it explains why with Sloth you need to be careful about not leaning too heavily into the fast because Sloth is incredibly powerful when he's close to enemy models. Consume my Sloth lets you just completely negate a heal and pass it on to a friendly once you get your sin, sin tokens going. That yep. is one of the best anti-heal techs in the game. It's super, super strong. Um, you can also use those sin tokens when people heal to just do three damage to them or sometimes... Yep. Uh, yeah, so that's super good. But that melee um, attack is target suffers 2, 3, 4 damage and gains slow. That's not only one of the best willpower attacks in the faction, that's one of the best willpower attacks in the game. And Sloth is quite <laughs> tanky, you know, front of card, he's got hard to wound, manipulative is a good combo, he's defense yes. 5, willpower 5, and he can use stones, so like, it takes a serious commitment to take him down. Yeah, and if is. you're slowed with engaged by Sloth, like, what the fuck are you gonna do? So, <laughs> I just really want to highlight how insanely powerful board to death is <laughs> and your game plan for sloth needs to involve him getting up to like the center of the board and being involved in what's going on because yep. board to death is just incredibly powerful and a special shout out to if you combo it with scarlet temptation in the seamus crew good oh, fucking lord it's it just so stupid and then like you're slowed you're distracted and like so you're failing your terrifying duels like to the listeners that don't have like an app or something available scarlet temptation is negatives on duels against willpower power so because it's a willpower attack you're just gonna get wrecked <laughs> it's like okay oh, taking damage and getting slow yeah that being said there's a question from photon he says that he's gonna move into wrestlers he's looking into reva and seamus and it seems like you recommend the nurse and seamus one but is it worth picking up a nurse for both crews Oh, for sorry, Seamus and Reva. Yes. Yeah. So a nurse and Reva. I I think like I haven't personally tried it, but I think that argument again of like Reva does some incredibly powerful stuff as long as um she has the cards for it. As it, the nurse can probably be you know pretty decent. I usually build my Reva to be doing powerful things, whether or not she gets the cards. Um, but it's it's one of those things where like would I take it at top table at a tournament? Maybe not. I would maybe try it. But like, if you're trying it in a, a casual game, absolutely, you're going to get a lot. It'll of still do work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do a lot of work. Just removing conditions alone is is fine. Because like, even if it's Riva two, you can still remove fire that you were not able to remove. Because you can only remove a total of five. So if you have a little left over, you know, you have the nurse to do that job. And focused breath of fire is so stupidly good. So <laughs> put true. it on your lamp pads and be like, oh, I'm just blasting your crew apart now. But do note, you do oh have the blasphemous ritual in Riva, because um, that's something we can talk about later. But the, yeah. the struggle with blasphemous ritual is you need a corpse, which can be expensive, but Riva has lots of corpses. So you're, you're looking at your shield bearers and grave diggers for a Riva crew, often time to pulse out that focus. Right. Okay, and then the other one was Gwil, which this is one of the newer models, and I think Gwil's pretty interesting. I haven't played it out of keyword, but I know in keyword cast store it's really good. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Gwil is one that I've played like once or twice myself. I don't get the full power power of it, but other people are swearing by Gwil, so I feel like we need to cover it. And I'll briefly just shout out all of the text. Uh, Whisper in the ear. You get two draw and discard. So again, uh, those crews where you're looking for improving your hand quality, this is probably. Next, this and Nurse are the best models in faction for improving your hand quality. Um, and then Sanguine Evacuations, you can stack your deck before um, before an important model goes. But I think savvy opponents will know to like attack you and mess up your deck stacking, so that doesn't necessarily always work. Yeah. Decay, very powerful attack when you get to use it, but the thing with these 8-inch range attacks is it requires very precise positioning, like often like if there's a center brawl where you can just stand and shoot decay is amazing if there's like you know flanks matter then decay is less amazing also dispel magic stat seven and one condition on the target that's probably one of the best condition removals on enemies in the faction yes. um yeah. yes. so it's really worth considering that for enemies yeah, out of keyword like yeah i uh, so i didn't play Gwil, but i can tell you playing yan lo in keyword i did bring chiaki against karis and just stat seven ending a condition was amazing. So I yeah. know that's a good tech pick for that purpose. Yeah, Ooh. absolutely. And it's also worth mentioning life and death when resolving if you either attacked a friendly or if you blast onto a friendly with the blast is on min, that would be damaged by this action instead heals too. So you're not getting that heal on black jokers, of course. But other, oh, I think the World Series has ruled that you don't even flip on a friendly potentially. I can't remember. Um, so, but anyway, it's a healing on living models. Uh, that's pretty insane ability. Except the problem is, like, half of resers aren't aren't living. And like, I've made some lists where I tried to abuse that heal. And honestly, like, you've got Monos and a, and a Loveless and some of your masters uh, and carry on emissary, but that has some issues. So, um, making use of that heal is a little bit tricky. It does also have essence transfer, where you can damage one model, say that's good at healing, like say Monos, and you can heal another model. Uh, yep. So there's there's a lot of tools there, and I personally haven't played with it enough to have a strong opinion, but others should. The last thing I want to note, though, is Defense 6, Willpower 6 is insane. And any time yep. you see Defense 6, Willpower 6 on a model, that's a really solid baseline. And, when you throw and a henchman hard with Hard to Wound is pretty good, too. And yeah. Disguised, for some reason. Oh, yeah. So, like, this model is probably surviving till late game every time. Well, I'm sure when the, you know, they're, you're looking to attack a model with a charge... You confuse Gwil with just a mossy stump of a tree or something. Exactly. Yeah, that's why those flavors. Like you look at that, it could just be a part of the forest. <laughs> yeah, but Gwil is is just annoyingly good just by existing. So yeah, I, I I have to agree. Like, I love this model, and I didn't even know that it was getting used by you guys. So that 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 just makes me even happier. Yeah. And one thing I'd want to say about Decay is I commented on the limitations of, like, you know, it's an 8-inch attack, you need to be positioned perfectly. But 2 damage, blast, models damaged by this action gain injured 1 is insane. Like, when Decay goes off, it is insane. Like, yep. it's just... A, and that's, that's part of the reason line. it has limitations. Is like yeah. I feel like a lot oh. of other models that have Decay are stat 5, so this being stat 6 is pretty good, with a built-in life and death. Yeah, so, and the infested yeah. with leeches trigger we need to touch on because that is the single biggest tech use of this model. Until the end phase, the target cannot heal. There's no models damaged by this. There's no uh, duel to do it. There's no uh, caveat. There's no aura. It's just once this hits, the healing's turned off. It's the most powerful anti-heal effect in the game, I think. 
Um, yeah, so if if your opponent bans Manos and they have a lot of demise, you know, models, I would consider bringing Gwil for that effect. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, um, Leviticus is a really good example. The disguise yeah. is going to stop him from beating you to death in melee, um, and that if you turn off Leviticus's heal, it doesn't matter where he goes. As soon as his health runs out, the demise does not go off. Well, technically, the demise goes off, and he it's dies just you don't heal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I um, mean, this is enormous against Neverborn, so I can definitely see this as a tech pick again, just against Neverborn and Explorers, really, because they do a lot of healing, both of them. And again, like um, move five, range eight is kind of shitty. But we're talking resers. You can uh, you can do so much. You can enslave spirit model this uh, use enslave spirits to get this model around the board. You could attack it with the end, etc. Only thing to note is disguised. This model cannot be the target of actions generated by generated by the charge action. That includes friendlies. You yep. cannot charge this model and reap it with Dead Rider, and this will come up when you're trying to abuse uh, <laughs> your your friendly moves. You cannot charge this model with a friendly. And that, it's think, not that bad. I think I think that we can all agree that that's still fine. That's completely fine. <laughs> Just don't catch yourself out for it. If you plan around it, there's no issues yeah. whatsoever. And again, yeah. enslaved spirits are where you're usually gonna go for moving this. Oh my around. god! I just realized you can play this against Bandit, and it and it serves like three functions: anti heal, anti charge because of running gun, and freaking uh, what you call it, injuring, making it easier for you to hit those guys that are defense six. Yeah, and Mad Dog is range 8, and Decay is range 8, so that lines up well. And that's, again, one of the things you want to consider when tech-picking is, like, what are the ranges? Because, like, range 12 beats range 10, but if you're both ranged 8, suddenly things are, are nice. Yeah, yeah. so that's kind of a list of what we might consider, like, things you're going to want to put in the bag if you're looking to tech out, you know, for tournaments or random games. And the other list we have are still models that are good. They have their... There's spots of when you might want to look at them out of keywords. So I'm going to go through this full list and then we'll kind of go through these probably not quite as in depth because some of these seem to be having very specific things you want to bring them for. So we'll be able to hit these up a little, little quicker than the other one. So for lower priority, meaning like corner case, maybe they have very specific situations you want to bring them for mobility. You have the students of viscera bone pile for tanks. We have the grave golem. Utility and tech pieces, we have the Carrion Emissary, Datsuba, Vincent, Madam Sybil, and the Student of Steel. And then support and healers, we have Toshiro, Asura, and a Grave Digger. So looking at some of these models, where do you really like bringing some of this stuff in those corner case situations? Yeah, as you said, it's a, a bit of a... Uh, we'll go less in depth, so I'll kind of speed run some of these. But Students of Visra, they're mobile and they're tanky relative... Uh, to their cost and everything. So uh, basically corrupted ley lines, sometimes I would take an out-of-keyword student of Visra to run the lodestone if I couldn't afford a dead rider. So it's like a budget option for uh, mobility for something super specific like uh, lodestones. I haven't taken it out of keyword since. Um, and often if you're planning on playing them out of keyword just to clear transmortis anyway is yeah. sometimes the, the plan. Bone pile, really worth highlighting here. Um, because there's, there's a couple of things on its uh, text. X. First, it has Numbskull, like Archie. So, like, again, people declare Resurs is the only faction with uh, Numbskull. Uh, it gives us some good anti-condition tech. I'm not sure how many bone piles I would hire. Um, they have some uh, condition removal in their bonus that doesn't require card flip. But again, nurse condition removal is so much better. If we're talking yeah. condition removal, I'd probably go nurse. To me, 
the reason that these models go in the mobility category is that the thing that they do better than anyone else is teleport around the board. They can take an action to bury the enemy down below, and the next turn they unbury and base contact with a corpse marker anywhere on the board. And if there's no corpse marker, they die, so watch out for that. Um, but they can teleport anywhere on the board with the corpse. And so I like to use this with Reva. It's probably valuable with McMorning too. Um, and it just is, it's again, one of the most mobile models in the game uh, when you use it like that. Uh, it's a minion, so it can score, catch, and release. It's probably our third best model in the faction for scoring, catch, and release. Um, and it's just, yeah. Like just pay attention to the possibilities that open up when you can teleport across the entire table, and that sums up that model. Um, hmm. On to okay. the tanks, Grave Golem. This guy in some matchups literally unkillable. He also can be surprisingly mobile because when he does get beaten down and he devises the bone pile, he teleports to corpses. So that's just useful uh, in some crews, uh, especially for fun factor. I find it a super fun model. My very first uh, versatile with Molly, uh, well, not my first, like one of my first versatiles with, with Molly was Grave Golem and a Grave Digger. And that's a combo you can put into any crew. And it's not competitive, but it's really, really fun using that Grave Golem. And I also want to shout out to the fact that Grave Golem has Hurl Corpse. So you, again, can combo that with Reva. Um, and it has uh, three, four, six. Severe six is relatively rare in the Reser faction, and this is one of our uh, severe sixes that we have ac access to in the faction. And Reva pulses out focus. So, uh, and then its big weakness is its mobility. But Reva's shield bearers have knocked aside. So Reva is the one home where I found that I just feel like I'm getting incredible value out of my Grave Golem. Maybe yeah. not the top tier choice but i'd say in reva it definitely feels like a tier like you're not going to be sad about this model at all i think the utility i'm kind of curious to see what you think about the carrion emissary because i picked this up one because i think it's a sweet emissary model but two well actually sorry one it's a sweet emissary model and it creates coffin markers and i have some cool coffin markers but two i think it it works pretty decent with mcmorning so i, I was a pretty big fan of it for that reason this emissary is so close to just being like very strong, right? And I think where it falls over is that it's a 10 cost model with clunky attacks, uh, yeah. which is one is that it's got the beak attack two, four, five uh, with built in infect. That's decent. I'm not sure that's 10 stone model good, but it's, it's quite decent. Um, and it's stat six, but range zero and range zero is just so <laughs> just hard to tough. work around it's tough kills like, it it literally kills that attack like yeah you get engaged by a four cost model with me he, listen one. he's a, he's a bird <laughs> he's got this beak it's just hard to get in there man yeah Bro, like, that's <laughs> i don't get that like this thing is amazing i love run and run but then run and run is a range eight gun attack so yeah. if he's engaged then he's bone like he can't do it it's so dumb yeah, and we talked about the weakness of range 8 attacks before. It's, like, it's just so hard to get that exactly perfect. Um, but then you throw in the gun icon, so then you've got to worry about cover. You've got to worry about friendly fire. You've got to yeah. worry about being engaged. If they took the pistol off of this attack, I reckon it would probably be viable. Because we talked about how powerful Decay is if it goes off. Here we've got target suffers 3, 3 blast, 4 blast damage, models damaged by this action game, injured plus 1. A min 3 gun is potentially very powerful you know it's got those built-in zombify the built-in infects so uh yeah. sometimes it feels like a min four gun and my loyal servant very powerful mm -hmm. trigger 
it's so so close to being good and (laughs) one thing i want to comment on about its attacks is if you combo it with a nurse the nurse has bedside manner so when the emissary gets injured you rescue it out of combat and you overcome its primary weakness um Okay, so what are the strengths uh, that I want to cover real quick? First off, 666. It's defense 6, willpower 6, movement 6. Incredible stats. It's just really good. Oh, yeah. Terrifying 12, hard to kill, flight. It gets to, it, it has good movement. All of these things are really, really good. Flesh yep. crawls, friendly undead models with an aura 6, gain plus 1 move. That really adds up. I've seen this model used in Transmortis coupled with the totem where it stacks. So your valedictorian is move 7 when you're in both those auras. Pretty which good. Is, pretty good um so that's that's adding a lot um and the big things is the bonus to make coffers it coffins it requires an eight incredibly demanding uh that's the the big thing that holds back this action but it lets seamus teleport to it it can make a zombie which seamus can eat for his double gun attack Uh, very very powerful it can just say you don't get to this part of the board because two coffins very annoying for an opponent to move past with the lead i feel like aura of decay is also pretty big on this card uh, yeah, I'm it definitely getting to that in a moment. But the last comment <laughs> about the coffins is remember what we said earlier about you don't really want to hire cheap models into resers because we kill them. The coffins will then AP tax the expensive models, which is really power- powerful. Now, Ore of Decay. One of the best auras in the game. Holy shit. We talked about the power of anti-heal <laughs> before. And cannot reduce damage with soul stones? What the hell? I've I've done things before, like I've put this aura up and then used Reap to pull a um, soul stone user into the aura. And that soul stone user's just gone. I don't care if it's yep. Master. I don't care what it is. That, like, you just absolutely delete models. Um and so for me, that's when I really want to bring this model, is if I think, oh, Aura of Decay is actually powerful, I'm going to bring it. And then you just need to <laughs> it with some movement tricks. You've got you, you know, your Enslaved Spirits, your Bedside Manor Nurse, your Dead Rider reaping stuff into it. You need something to pull it all together. Um, but that Aura of Decay carries the model I mean, so hard. The, I just... eff- the Effigy has that as well. So do you see a world where maybe you just bring the Effigy and maybe give it the upgrade instead of paying the full 10? Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely something worth considering. I've actually tried it in McMorning. And again, if you're the way you're doing it is you're reaping models into it. Um, that's really good. The only sad part is the answer to the aura is you can kill or displace the model. And yeah. killing the Effigy is not, not big. Uh, deal and then if you use the upgrade aura one of the problems is that oh sorry the effigy of fate upgrade so that it replaces into a carry-on emissary one of the problems is like that aura is stronger on turn two often i'm looking for a turn two kill with it yeah that's fair Um, but often when list building i'll be like man i wish i could fit one more beater uh and that's a time to consider the effigy with fate upgrades because it's like I can't afford a 10-stone beater, but what I'll get is I'll get a 6-stone beater so that maybe mid-game one of my beaters has died. Oh, look, I suddenly have another one spare. Um, So I think it probably has some potential. And it has, I mean, it can walk and focus the first two turns is usually your pattern for that. Um, And so it'll be... And one thing to note about the Effigy is it does have Ore of Decay with Accomplice. So you can just double walk, put up Ore of Decay, Accomplice say McMorning one and be like oh look you can't use armor hard to kill shielded uh hard or, to stones. or stones there and models no will just explode hope. if you do that like so the for the effigy you're really looking at that accomplice text is just insane you have no hope like that's that's just like death 
you I don't know if you ever watched One Punch Man, but that that one two combo is basically Saitama's punch. It's just like boom, you see death. Yeah. And just a <laughs> shout out to Molly, which we'll probably cover next time. But the necrotic machine has a similar combo with neurotoxins in the complex. Oh so my god, yeah. Because yeah. He, if you're poisoned, you also cannot uh use solstice. Oh so gross. Yeah. So those those models I think are definitely uh worth uh playing with. And again in casual games like I have an avatar Seamus that is a legal proxy for um, carry on emissary, and it's just like, why would I best. not use these amazing? Like both the sculpts are amazing. And <laughs> it like, literally is the best. Why it's would fucking... I not put that on the table for casual play? It's just yeah. really, really fun model to play. I've talked about it in the podcast before because, like, I I think the emissary with Seamus is almost a necessary thing because of the of the coffin. So the fact that you mentioned it, I was like, oh my god, I'm I'm so happy. I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the most common uh, place for it is that it makes a coffin and a corpse and then Seamus teleports and shoots his gun twice. That's like <laughs> yeah. the highest top end. That, that's, that's the way uh, I've seen it used the most. Yeah. It is so freaking good, though, that it's worth, because you, you can give two focus to Seamus before Seamus activates. Like, there's yeah. multiple ways in the faction to do this. Yeah, and the only thing is it does become quite card-hungry because you've got the eight, and then Seamus needs to land his two attacks and cheat the damage flips, etc. But... Yep. Like the top end of it is so like oh my god the enemy crew doesn't exist anymore <laughs> like it's yeah and yeah. like and the risk factor is like the risk factor is oh you missed a bit and you just have to try again next turn like yeah that's, still, that's it. it it's good <laughs> so what about some of these other utility and tech picks some of them I'm kind of like like I know Vincent he seems to have a good gun Datsuba I don't know what that does Madam Sybil pretty decent I guess oh. Student of Steel is probably just ignore armor would be my that guess. That's yeah, Student of Steel, you just ignore armor with it. Um, and even then, it's not that good at it. I've never had a game where I hired Student of Steel out of keyword and then won the game, which is a bad <laughs> sign. <laughs> like, it's just, like, eight stones is not, it's too much for what it is. I, nice. oh, man. But, like, the Datsuba so is just Lantern of Souls. It's just a no? secondary Lantern of Souls. Well, there's that, but, like, Monos is so much better at Lantern of Souls. What yeah. I think I would use uh, Datsuba as a tech pick for is the wrongfully judged enemy only after killing summon an onrio with slow sometimes you have matchups where you know your opponent is hiring a bunch of shitters like if you're against summer for instance you are predicting bayou gremlins and a bayou gremlin just becomes an onrio and suddenly this model with a shitty eight inch attack becomes oh yeah every like i'm converting enemy models into summons and that's oh my god that's the main time that you're looking you at are literally the first person to show me how to turn rats into onrios and i'm yeah. loving it yeah, this is yeah, insane how the hell have i never seen this before yeah, and, and so especially for those like things that have two health, like watch out for that. You can easily do three or five damage as well if you if you're pouring some focus in. So there'll be some builds for that. Or Molly One, for instance, hands out focus already. Uh, your enslaved spirits are probably moving this model up the board and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're getting that on Rio trigger and it's a henchman, so it can stone for it. Uh, this model is then suddenly worthy of hiring. I think. Nice. Wow. wow. Yeah, so that's that's a, that's one of those ones that most people aren't aware of that tech option. Vincent, uh, I have two comments about this model. Is first off, um, exorcism trigger, he kills summons. Main reason to hire him out of keyword, and it's pretty clear cut. But I did also want to mention that his gun, stat uh, six, range ten, ignores friendly fire, two, three, four damage, including incorporal and hard to wound. It's just a pretty insane gun. Uh, oh, with rapid fire and yeah, access to critical that. strike, and he can, he can stone. 
it's just in terms of Rezzer guns, other than our Spirit Barrage, I think this is the best, and sometimes it's better than Spirit Barrage. Like Eddie's stat six six defense, seven willpower, pretty effing good. Yeah, he's, he, he's just stupidly tanky as well. I did not know that yeah. this man had rider stats. Why? Well, not rider stats, but he's defense six willpower seven. And no, he's why? agile, so he just walks out of combat, which is one of the biggest weaknesses of guns. Uh, but no, he just says, nope, sorry, I want to walk out of combat. Um, and still gets two shots against you. <laughs> yeah, and still gets two shots. And if he wants, he can crit strike, stone. Uh, and with Molly, where you've got that card draw, you're often just cheating for the critical strike. Uh, and Molly has some focus, Molly won. Um, there's some matchups, particularly against Nekama with Mature Neff, where I'm looking at this guy and saying, you know what? I do want a big old crossbow that just rips people <laughs> apart. Uh, thanks. Um, That's insane. Yeah, so he's he's definitely worth... The, I mean, the exorcism trigger is the clear cut. you yeah. got to hire this guy. But the critical strike trigger, I think you need to not underestimate how scary this guy is when he's doing min four beats from cheating and stoning and stuff. Um, I mean... So Wow, like, how how come I never see this guy? I think part of it is just because the times that you have, oh, I need a Rezzer gunbind are so few and far between. Yeah. But when you do need it, like, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, I've, you're literally the first person talking about this model I've heard in conversation. Yeah, out of keyword, I mean, obviously with Reva, he's just really solid because then his attack becomes even scarier. But, yeah, um, yeah I think out of keyword, like, I think that call out to like Nikima and all the flying demons. I mean, that's a good call out for that because yeah, you, you need solid range attacks. To take care of those matures for sure. Um, when are you thinking about Madam Sybil though? Madam Sybil is one that funnily enough, I don't use much, but like so many people swear by her. I feel like we need a mention of it. And so I'll just, I'll get, go over the uh, super solid text on her card. Um, first off, uh, bump in the night. Um, well, yeah, so she's got good tanky stats, so, like, she's not going to die easily. She's definitely a killable model, but, like, it's going to take some resources to get past that terrifying 11 hard-to-wound, uh, 10 health and some stones. Um, she, uh, Rezzers have a ton of movement tricks, and every time you move a model to be engaged by Madame Sybil, they just get distracted plus one. There's no duel, there's no They just get that. Yeah. Um, Scarlet Temptation, we were talking about the potential power of Scarlet Temptation. Um, sometimes... You like you've got that quiet dead. Some people like to combo it with um, Yonlo two and his willpower attacks, or Yonlo one and his willpower attacks. Um, it's just uh, if you want a Scarlet Temptation model, this is possibly the best best one. I've tried Doxies, and I think Sybil is better. Um, so that's just really really good text there. Uh, Bleeder Lash again. That crit strike min five can happen. Worth being aware of. Um, other than that, the triggers are pretty decent uh beckoning call very strong but i don't think it's 10 stone model strong when i have a six stone model with uh beckoning call i'm super super happy but when it's on uh, 10 stones i mean i do use it like beckoning call into uh charging them with bleeder lash can be really powerful uh but i think the other the big reason on the back of the card that people are hiring this model is undivided attention bonus until the end phase enemy models within range suffer minus one to the duels during their activation so minus one to enemy attacks essentially and minus one to their terrifying checks which mm. is a big deal and bolster strength it's an aoe heal one that's that's a lot of healing um so mm. that's i think that that bonus action there is why people are doing it 
I struggle a bit with it because I like to play a high tempo game and you want to uh, activate Sybil as early in the turn for undivided attention as possible. And it needs a six, which again, I've mentioned how difficult target numbers are before. Um, uh, so I just feel like the, the requirements are sometimes a little bit high, but sometimes if you have a matchup where you don't feel that activating first is that huge a cost, maybe you're playing a real... Uh, and what that is, is like if you're playing a tanky crew, um, activating first isn't as important. If you're playing a, a crew where your models can die, that you're doing hit and run tactics like Molly with the uh, Dead Rider Monos Archie sort of models, yeah, activating I, I, first. I think really that's matters. better. I think that's better on like McCabe 2, where he just innately reduces your stats. Yeah. As opposed to, I, I really don't like models where I'm forced to activate. That's a, that's like the main reason I hate the Ox 40 and Mage in Sandeep. It's just like, it's yeah. like, oh, you have to activate this and get this off. And if you don't, then it really just doesn't seem to benefit the crew yeah. a bunch. So yeah. mo models like that kind of piss me off. Yeah, yeah so I, I personally don't play her much. But like, you could try all sorts of weird things. Like, note that um, Von Stuck... Two has a nice willpower attack, and holy shit, Von Stuck One's gruesome lecture is on willpower, which yeah. is so stupidly strong. Uh, Transmortis is a crew that's tanky enough that your activation order you have a lot more flexibility because you're like, well, they're not going to kill Valedictorian if I like stall the game a little bit, and that AOE heal is really good. So, at a guess, I would try Madame Sybil with. Um, and if you could fit in Madeline, Sybil, and Sloth, I don't know what the build's looking like there now, but like that's <laughs> potentially a really powerful uh, combo. So like this, this what I want to kind of put out for this podcast is I want people to understand the tools that are there, and yeah. then they can maybe think up their own combos and think what yeah. they can do with that. Because I mean, I mean so, Madam Sybil has so much powerful text with just this limitation. Combo, combo like, good with yeah. some really good models. Yeah, I mean, so Sloth by himself is fantastic, regardless of. And Madam Civil may make him better. I don't even like. Yeah. You're saying you, I know that you said it. I got to put it on the table first, so I trust that it's really good. But I haven't seen it yet. Oh no, I haven't tried it yet either. It's just uh, a speculation of like this is something exactly. that is worth trying for sure. Um, gotcha. Yeah, and then the uh, the last three that we have for support and healers is Toshiro, Asura, and Gravedigger. So. I'm definitely curious about Toshiro, Asura, and Gravedigger because I have all three of those models and would love to know where they fit in the scheme. Of <laughs> yeah. So Asura, I think uh, she has a lot of weird techs, like she can heal with the decay. The, the, she has weird zombie summoning things. Um, but I think the only time that I have seen her do really good work is the fact that she can summon a zombie on the other side of the table and then it can interact scoring points. Um, and there's some, and that's something to watch out for in GG4. Um, it's so rare. Last year, I saw one player use Asura successfully, but when he did, it was like, oh, wow, that was actually a really good matchup. So it comes up so rarely, but yeah, she can put schemes in really weird spots is yeah. essentially what she does. I do want to give a shout out to the fact that she has Decay and Accomplice. You can injure a model and then Accomplice and beat it to death. That's almost good. Um, but she's just a bit too stone hungry for all her triggers. Uh, and she's cost eight to begin with, so it's just pay yeah. a bit too much. Um, and she has the desiccation, same like Will. She, her attack can heal instead of damage, um, but it's not built in again. And, uh, and then she's an eight cost model model with the same attack as the Gwisin at stat five, stat five plus, but same attack as the Gwisin. Like, yep. 
she's just not quite there most of the time. But that teleporting zombie is interesting enough. Toshiro, everybody talks about the summon, but honestly, needing a 12 of crows to me is just, and a corpse, like, that's a lot of resources. To me, corpses are a resource, and I try to be really efficient with them. Um, yeah. So I struggle with that. But foul mouth motivation, one of the best heals in the game. It's target heals one, two, three, and games focused. I have tried some weird builds where I did that, especially with McMorning 2, where you have excess corpses. You can, if you see a 12 of crows in hand, you can be like, you know what? I'm summoning an Ashigaru turn one. And then after that, I'm going with uh, spamming foul mouth motivation. Um, his attacks, okay. The leadership aura is potentially really interesting, particularly with flesh constructs or hanged or. But then, like, the problem is, I've just talked about a bunch of individually good text, but finding a crew that abuses every single bit one of these bits of text really difficult. So outside of uh, outside of uh, uh, Yan Lo, if yeah. I remember correctly, he's still really, really powerful in that crew. Yeah, he can he can do some. I know he's he's never bad. Like he's always his floor is like has a lot of good tools. And the last thing I want to shout out is the coordinated attack trigger. Uh, if you look through the game, coordinated <laughs> attack is quite rare. And the reason for that is it's stupidly powerful. You attack somebody with Toshiro with uh, say Archie next to them, you're talking a min five, and his track is a two four five. So often you're yeah. spiking to that four. Like so... coordinated attack. Which he's a henchman. You can stone for it if you want to invest yep, those resources. Yep. One of the best offensive triggers in the game. Cackle. Uh, you... I, I, I guess you didn't know. That's a meme on this podcast because <laughs> I am oh. notorious for doing coordinated attack. Dixon makes me feel like coordinated attack is on every model. <laughs> <laughs> That's so okay. Well, Dixon, I expect if you're ever playing Rezzers, you got to play some Toshiro and unlock that. He will power. just for that one. Tri- you know what? Just seeing that one trigger, he's like. Oh yeah, that's like an auto include for me for everything. Yeah, yeah. They, it happens. I think yeah. there's less than ten coordinated attack models in the game, right? And I and, so, and it's a bunch of masters too. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly all masters. It. Oh wow, it's actually twenty nine ma- models, but it's uh, often it's on. Oh, like on Gokudo, for instance. But then you can't. It's not reliable. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah. So with Toshiro, I'll sum up by saying everyone thinks it's about the Ashigaru summon, but I don't think that's efficient enough. What I think is really efficient is the coordinated attack and the foul mouth motivation are both very, very good. Gravedigger, I hire it if I need corpses and the other corpse options aren't working out. You can hire it for Blasphemous Ritual. Um, you can do double Blasphemous Ritual if you have two Grave Spirits touch in your crews. I find it a bit clunky in a lot of points, and especially because Rezzer's damage tracks aren't usually that spiky. We don't have a lot of those two four fives that you're really looking for when you're talking about focus. Um, we don't have a lot of guns, uh, and where we do, they're a bit awkward. But again, like we do have like Vincent, we have Spirit Barrage, we have um, Carry On Emissary. So there, there are some models where pulsing out that focus is relevant. I just often find that it's not the number one other thing I'm looking yeah, it's for. It's not like needed. If you put Killer Instinct on it with um, uh, McMorning, though, it becomes this amazing resource generator where it's generating a stone and a card every and a card. Turn. Uh, which, and and is doing that while producing I, corpses. Or I did that with the guild autopsy, and Dixon was losing his mind. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. And it I, I last so disgustingly powerful. Yeah. And I really want to highlight the front of card as well because after corpses dropped free movement, we keep talking about movement. Movement wins games, um, and it can use its bonus action to do that movement. So it can do the interact move interact thing using its bonus action. Field of corpses. I have had a Gravedigger survive to the end of the game 
once or twice in, memory, in the last year, I think. But when I did, at the end of the game, all course marker, markers with an Aura 6 are treated as friendly ski markers. I won the game off of that ability. And what happened is at the start of the game, I was like, you know, the Gravedigger is going to get my early game set up. It's going to do some uh, dirtling about to score some points uh, mid-game far away from the enemy. And then it's going to end of game score field of corpses. And that's just a lot of scoring power. So if you think of it as a scoring piece in addition to a corpse and blasphemous ritual tech, suddenly it has a lot of interesting tools. Even just attack them friendly with accidental rollover, you can charge an accidental rollover on a friendly and you get 10 inches of movement right there. Um it's just a weirdly mobile model that can go wherever the fuck it wants. Yep. And, <laughs> and, uh, to the listeners, we like to remind them, you're trading damage for these awesome effects. Yes, they're worth it. Please try to hurt your own models. <laughs> Particularly like when I'm doing that accidental rollover, it's usually turn five. I'm like, the model's activated. Who cares if it dies? Or, yes. Um, <laughs> or I'm doing on, a, say, an experimental model where it's like, well, it suffers one damage and gains poison. That's going to heal it later. Plus, you know, the shovel effect. Um, but it's, it's often uh, not... Oh, and you don't have to move through your own models as well. So um, it's just one of those things where sometimes it's a bit of damage... Again, you can do it to Monos, and Monos has regen too. So you're again just thinking, oh, well, that you're looking for ways to bypass the cost. And one thing to shout out is Undead only target heals with the preparations trigger. Like other people, other factions get so excited about the preparations trigger because it's so ridiculously strong. But because we have Blast Rit, we forget that the preparations trigger exists. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's pretty good. Um, and the Gravedigger is definitely one of the pieces I will most commonly pack, particularly if I'm playing a particular crew that likes corpses. Yeah. Um, I, I want to like also point that out, because uh, we've said it a lot during today's podcast, but like we have to remind newer players, anything that says focus, anything that says extra movement, uh, look into that. Look into that more closely, because that's the reason why we're talking about trading damage and killing our own models for it. Focus is fantastic on a model, and extra movement is always fantastic. And you even have, you'll find some really weird lines where, again, these are both suited, so it will come up like one in a hundred games. But you might have a situation where you charge a friendly accidental rollover to do damage to some enemies, because remember, you can charge a friendly and then roll over enemies. Uh, and then you heal up the damage on the friendly with stitch up and give it focus. Like, what a ridiculously efficient line if that does come up. Um, <laughs> one thing I also want to call attention to is dismember is enemy only. I see a lot of people like attack their own models to make corpses with dismember, and I'm like, hold up, that's an enemy only trigger. You cannot do that. That is illegal. It would be really good <laughs> if you could. It would be a fantastic corpse generator if it was allowed, but you can't sit in your deployment zone smacking corpses off your friends. But Cackle, it says enemy living, and then a comma, and it says undead and beast after that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it means enemy for all, all of us. Yeah, yeah, there's even an <laughs> FAQ on that. I don't remember the number, but there is an enemy FAQ on that specific oh. issue. I had so, that actual argument with somebody, so that's the reason why I'm happy that you mentioned it. <laughs> so I don't know about you guys, but looking at kind of this list that we've gone over, I mean, it's it seems like Rezzers have a lot of options. I don't know if... I feel like maybe 10 Thunders has as many like out-of-keyword and versatile options, but More. this is... I think- yeah, more. This is pretty close to it, though, as far as factions go. Yeah, and I think we didn't cover a few random ones like Night Terror's Concealment, but sure. one of the reasons I play Rezzers is 
they're extremely high on the teching. I really like playing the list building game of making the optimal list for the matchup. Mm. And resis are just really good and really fun for that. I like to call it comboing in resis because it's like outside keyword synergies rather than like in 10 Thunders, I've noticed that it's more like fuck, I mean, screw your uh, opponent. Like most of the text in, in 10 Thunders is more to like stop some shenanigans on the opponent. And in wrestlers, it's more like, no, no, I'm just going to make my shenanigans even better. <laughs> That's a really important point. You want to be looking, when you're doing all these tech picks, at least in wrestlers, yes, you're looking for individually strong models like the Archie, Dead Rider, Monos thing, but you're also looking for those cross-keyword synergies. We talked about Madam Sybil and Sloth. Uh, we talked a bit about uh, how corpse crews like Reva and McMorning are better with Bet Noir. Um, so you're looking for those things where it's like, wow, this actually has more synergy than even in its own individual crew. Hanged and Molly 2 are a good example where she can overcome their weakness by moving them around the board. So looking for a lot of those uh, things where you cover the weaknesses yep. and or build on the strengths can be really powerful. Yeah, because like the not so bad thing I didn't even think about, but that's such a wrestler thing that I'm just like, yep, no, that makes perfect sense. Rats yeah. just feeding into a crew once yeah, if again. I, if I see Hamlin or Parker, <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, that's a good little tech piece for all these stupid rats that are coming my way. That's what, uh, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed talking about this cackle. I mean, what? so does it really depend, or do you find yourself going out of keyword for two or three models like in a list, or is there, are there some lists where it's like, I pretty much only have the master and totem and everything else is out of keyword. Yeah, it really depends on this master base. Like with Molly, uh, my core is usually Archie Kruligan and the rest can be from out of the keyword because I, uh, her keyword has some strong models, but they don't really <laughs> jive together. They all compete because they all want to discard cards, which is like anti-synergy because yep. your hand runs out. Um, uh, Against me, with, you say, play... Uh, the Dead Rider, Manos, Archie, a Kruligan, and I forgot the, the the other model, but you have one more beater. Yeah, yeah, that's, was just a, like, that's a flex spot for that last spot. Yeah, I was like, is this a Molly crew? What the hell is happening here? And I got violently <laughs> destroyed because of that last... I did not know about the Kruligan at that time. The yeah, Kruligan yeah. double activation, and I just got violently destroyed. Yeah, and we'll be talking a lot about the Molly and the Kruligans in the next one. Uh, Dr. McMorning, um, my default with him nowadays is I build a lot into the keyword just because I think it has a lot of really powerful stuff. The Rogue Necromancy is super strong, and uh, the Flesh Constructs have some really cool combos, and so we'll we'll cover that more there. But with McMorning, he's so flexible that if I see a matchup where I'm like, oh, <laughs> like Pandora is a good example, like, oh, I'm screwed here. I can pivot to be almost entirely away from the keyword uh, and still be getting those card draw synergies from the marker removal, still be getting uh, like the plastic uh, surgery combos going. Um, so that varies a lot. I've just started recently experimenting with some out of keyword Von Stuck stuff because like the history with Von Stuck is that he's been so ridiculously strong in keyword, no one's bothered to experiment. But yeah. like, how come I've never heard anyone mention Scarlet Temptation and Gruesome Lecture before? Like, yep. that yep. seems like a combo. Dude, you, um, you made me want to try out freaking uh, uh, Girly with the Bleeder Lash in, in his crew specifically because of that. Because yeah. I'm like, I know that she's good because I played her. Like, this got to be disgusting. So I yeah. want to try it out now. Yeah, and you throw a beckoning call in with Von Stuck and he's already a positioning master and throwing in some abilities to move stuff around also seems good. Oh my yeah. god. Um, and so 
And then and Jackdaw is another example of I've almost always played him in keyword because the keyword is so strong. But Jackdaw also has some huge weaknesses of like, yeah. oh, what if they happen to declare the one master that's good at uh, Ruthless? So you got to start thinking outside the box and thinking, oh, what are the pivot options? What can I change? Yep. Um, and I think if when every time I've done that with a master, like so far, I think Molly, McMorning, and Reaver are the ones I've done it with most. I've ended up discovering that there's just a huge amount of like cross crew synergies in Rezzers because Rezzers have a bunch of sub themes of like willpower stuff. They have a corpse sub theme um, and stuff like that. Or they have so movement shenanigans, but sub themes. So there's just a whole bunch of stuff that like weirdly interacts across multiple keywords. Uh, a clarification on one of the combos so you can mention it, because like, I know that we talked about it in passing, but Vunchtuk to obeying Barry to hit one of your own models, like say a student of Viscera, so that she buries herself, and then figuring out a way to drop a corpse on the other side of the table. Or if you're playing against somebody that uses corpses. Yeah. That, oh, that, and that's, that's right? something that works out, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And one of the things I wanted to mention about the uh, Gravedigger and one of the reasons, oh, you can hire Enslaved Spirit as a budget Gravedigger in some matchups, and it's incorporal, which helps. But the cool thing about Gravedigger is that if you need it to drop corpses in a remote location, if it runs over there and somebody kills it, you still get a corpse out of it. So, like, the fact that it drops a corpse on death is relevant. And there will be some stuff in the game that I'm like, whether or not it drops a corpse on death is relevant to whether or not I want to hire it in Rezzers. Yeah, it's so funny because I feel like if you don't play against Rezzers a lot, a lot of times people, and you guys might come across this, where they're like, oh, that model died. It it drops a corpse, but we don't need it, so I'm not going to drop a corpse. Hmm. Rezzers, I can very, think of very few games where corpses don't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's got to come huh. up a lot. And so it's just good to be in the habit of following the rules, because for memory, dropping a corpse isn't optional, so you should always do it. Same yeah. thing with um, stacking your de- your discard pile in the correct order is important, because some crews yes. like Molly's will. Don't do shame me, Dixon. <laughs> hey, man. I, no, no, you, you've been a lot better lately, but like, Cackle, that was a fight for like a year or something. I was like, ah, I was like, ah, it doesn't matter. Just blah, blah, blah. It was like, Pete, it matters. Like, it really, and, it, and then I started playing crews that actually cared about the card that was on top. And since he always had a severe or something, he started changing. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to keep doing this. Honestly, tools for the job probably fixed me when it comes to that because it does matter what's on top with tools for the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, uh, Kaggle, I'm going to give you a, a minute here. Is there anything else generally about Rezzers and that you want to share? And then also, is there anything you want to plug? Um, I think probably the biggest thing Rezzers and tech building in general is to not get stuck in your ways and not to just listen to my ideas, but to really listen to what the some of the tools are and then to think of your own solutions for how you can combine those. And play together. style as well, because my play style is not the same as yours. Yeah, exactly, because all of the most powerful stuff I've heard about uh, in terms of these ooks and versatiles is people looking at things in a creative way and doing things in a way that no one else has thought of. So, like, just this like this time we just thought of the uh, Stuck and Sybil combo, and I think if you just sit around brainstorming, and I'll admit, when I was playing Rezzers, um, I was getting stuck into a rut hiring the same models all the time. And it's been super useful for me to sit down and actually go through the list and review the strengths of uh, a lot of the models. And I'm sure we even forgot some, so I would love yeah. to hear if, if folks think of any others. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, on the Discord or you know, even yeah. in response to some of the videos we're putting out, 
if if you have models that you're like, hey, yeah, I've done this combo and it's worked out really well, that's kind of how we figure out some of these cool things in the new gaining ground. Yep. Just everybody that's a, a listener in our uh, in our Discord uh, episode discussion, we're definitely going to be talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything you want to plug, Kaggle? Uh, just that I might be returning to the show, so tune into the future ones. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the next two shows we are going to focus on, um, we'll do Molly first because I'm really enjoying her. I, uh, and I want to get a couple more games with McMorning before we talk about him. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about those two keywords coming up next. And yes. it's about due because I don't think, I'm trying to think even the last time we did a Rezor Master deep dive, it might have been Yon Low. So it's, been, it's been a while. I think the last time Chris was still here. Yeah, I think Chris was still on the podcast, um, which he's actually wanting to get more games in. So he's actually coming back because he, he yep. thinks this Gaining Grounds is more interesting. Oh, the yeah. last Gaining Grounds, he, he he hated it. He thought it was so boring. Because after like 15 games that I play against him, we realized then, oh, you just have to murder everybody. Yeah, you're just uh, fighting. Just scrapping. Yeah, it's just like fighting the zone, fighting the zone. All right. Well, I think we're going to leave it there. Uh, thanks for coming on, Cackle. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking with all this Rezzer stuff. And, uh, yeah, until uh, next time, make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we will see you all later. Bye.